Fantastic. Great to see you in church this morning. Why don't you take your seats? So if you're new to church, I want to welcome you here today. My name's Rob. I'm the pastor here. And I'm glad that you found your way to One Heart Church today. So if you're part of our church and you're here again, perhaps for the 3,000th time, it's great to have you here as well. So I'm glad to, um, to be in the church in Australia today because I know God is doing some amazing things and some great things all around the place. And we're part of that. Great job this morning, musicians and singers. Yeah, let's give them a hand. You can take your seats. We're gonna, I think we're going to have Express Church this morning, so I'm going to talk really, really slowly. But um, I had an experience I've never done before this week, and I spoke at a childcare centre. It was unbelievable. Uh, so I had to bring the Easter message uh, to these kids at Toy Box. So... It's uh, quite, quite scary talking to a bunch of little kids who uh, have to answer their questions. And so they, the teachers kept saying, is there any questions? And the kids would put their hands up and I'd say, okay, you over there? And they'd go, I like Easter eggs. I mean, that's not a question, but that, that, that's awesome. Yes, very good. You, you win. <laughs> so it was good, very good. But uh, it is a great season uh, in the life of our church, and I want to encourage you to press into God um, wherever you're at, whatever your experience has been. Um, we're coming into a time where the government actually gives us holidays to celebrate something on the Christian calendar. Uh, so I want to want to encourage you. Next weekend, we're going to have uh, some special services here from Good Friday next next Friday. That's coming up, and uh, God's really been uh, showing me some things that I think is going to be very exciting to be part of and hopefully it brings some clarity, some healing, some, some good things into us all as a church together. So I'm just going to pray and then I'm going to uh, preach the word this morning. So if we could just bow our heads and I'll pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you this morning that uh, you have a plan for our life. I thank you this morning that you have brought the church together to worship you, to hear your word to us today. I pray that you just speak to people this morning. May the Holy Spirit begin to open our hearts, open our minds, our thoughts and our, and our intellect, Lord God, to come into line with the Spirit. So I just thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, carrying on our theme of the supernatural, and this month uh, we're going to be interrupted by uh, next week's special meetings, but I really have a, um, a desire to to speak on supernatural guidance because it is a subject that, that is, I think, very misunderstood and, and sometimes misused in the life of people, especially Christians. They, they uh, will misguide themselves by this... Um, you know, we're going to look at this maybe next week or, or the weeks after. The, the, the concept of God told me. Have you ever had someone tell you that? God told me. And therefore, it shuts down all debate, shuts down all, all influence, all external um, uh, scrutiny, I guess, because of that massive statement, God told me. Um, so we're going to look at that perhaps in the next few weeks. But this morning, I want us to, to, to lay a platform, start the foundation of um, God, uh, supernatural guidance. So there's so much information available these days. 
Um, we can find out just about anything we want. And, and you know, these days we have things like our, our smartphones. And, and I hate having a debate with my wife in the car. We're driving somewhere and, and I said, oh, you know, I'll tell you an exact example. I said, um, Port Augusta is much bigger than Port Lincoln. And, and I, I think it must have been Pauline. Were you in the car with this conversation? It might have been someone else, but uh, we'll blame her. Anyway, in, the, in having this conversation, uh, actually, no, it was the last time I went to Alliston, it was, whoever was in the car with me that day. And I was thinking, yeah, Port Augusta is much bigger than Port Lincoln. And they go, no, no, it's not Lincoln. Hey, don't argue with me. <laughs> so they get, their, they get their stupid phone out, whoever it was, unnamed person, and they go, do, 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 do. Oh, actually... Port Augusta is smaller than Port Lincoln in population. I'm like, is it fine? <laughs> throw it out the window. But we have access to so much information. From, we, have it from, we get so much information from so many different places and we can get it faster than any other generation has ever had. Um, so we have access to all this, all this stuff. It, we call it information. Um, but with... All of that, we, we have all this stuff that we can get. We can find out about just about anything. I can even, I can even work out how to fix a car, but I could still ruin that. <laughs> but we have all this, all this available to us. But there are still questions about living and about life that can only come from God. So we can find out lots of stuff, get, get, accumulate information from it, all these different sources, all these great reliable so- sources like... Wikipedia and all these other things. So I do sort of know a few words, modern words, but but today is is just my introduction uh, to supernatural guidance or spiritual guidance, and it's my belief that God does and will guide us through all that life may bring. So Jesus gave us his his promise that we will be and we can be supernaturally guided, um, spiritually guided. And to fulfill our life call and purpose in his plans and in his purpose. So my first scripture to launch us this morning is John chapter 16 verse 13. And it says, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, but when the spirit of truth comes. So if you're wondering who's the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit. Jesus is prophesying to his followers, to his disciples, that, he's, that there is going to be a, a spirit coming. It's a spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. And it says, um, he, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. So Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit to us as a guide, as a, as a supernatural source of wisdom, a supernatural source of truth and guidance to help us walk our journey through life. So there is something comforting and reassuring when you go somewhere, say for the first time, somewhere new, somewhere you've never been before and you have a guide. I I find that comforting, I find that reassuring if I go somewhere. Can we have the next slide please? Be careful who guides you. And if you can read that writing on the bottom, it might make more sense to you. (laughs) Be careful who guides you. So on both of those occasions, I was somewhere that I'd never been before, but the people with me said they knew where they were going. And both times we ended up in swamps. They cost a lot of money to get tractors to come and get us out. 
And, and each time they're saying, how did you get way out in there? Well, because, you know, they said they knew where they were going. Like, you can in summer, but you can't in winter. So what I discovered through my journey in life is in cases like this, like, like what is on the screens right now, we had a lot of information, but not a lot of wisdom. <laughs> so while we knew where we were going, we knew where we were, but we didn't know what time of the year it was that you can actually travel in those places. And also, another little wa- wa- word of warning, don't have little pizza cutters on your Land Cruiser, they don't help either. But they were cheap, and I thought, yeah, they'll be good, but no good there. But the, the Bible refers to gaining knowledge and getting wisdom in many, many, many places. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, the very last bit of, of that verse, he's talking about God here. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. God gives wisdom to the wise. So we may think they're the same thing, wisdom and knowledge, but they're a little bit different. So knowledge is having information and that's good not to be ignorant about things so knowledge is good we, we should be knowledgeable people we should study we should learn all that we can um, uh, you know about life about what we want to achieve that's good I'm not against knowledge but knowledge is having the information wisdom uses knowledge to make life better so we can have a lot of we can have a lot of information, we can have a lot of knowledge, but not necessarily use wisdom to make our life better. And so although we know a lot, we don't have a lot that, that actually benefits our life. Is that making sense to you this morning? So knowledge is the map, wisdom follows it. Knowledge is the map and wisdom follows the map. So I want to give you three points this morning to supernatural guidance. They're in random order, so they're not, they're not in this one's the most important over that one. It's not one over the other, but we're going to put all three together. And then we're going to look at some other, um, other areas a bit later. But the first thing, the first point of spiritual guidance, if you want God to direct you through this thing called life, is the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, it, it, it is something that every believer should have access to and it is, I think, a great platform of knowing how to uh, navigate your way through life's challenges and through life's blessings by being filled with the Holy Spirit. So uh, what have we got here? Um, John chapter 16, verse 13. Um, the Holy Spirit provides supernatural guidance. It, 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 it enlightens things that we can't see. One author says it like this. Um, um, I'll, I'll actually, I'll just give you one, one little bit of Greek. Who loves the, the, the preacher when they, they throw in a Greek word that may, makes him seem really clever and smart? Well, here we go. So the word revelation, because I, I, I think the Holy Spirit is the revealer of the truth from God. And so we need to have those revelations. So revelation from the Greek word, uh, it, it means Oh, here we go. I've been practicing it, but I'll probably get it wrong. Apocalypsis. Con, go, leave the room. <laughs> Apocalypsis, which means an uncovering. I, I probably pronounce it completely wrong, but that doesn't matter. No, the Greeks have left the room. Uh, <laughs> but it means to uncover. 
And so what the Word of God has in it is, is a lot of things that are covered. There's a lot of spiritual truth, a lot of power, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, guidelines and guidance in it, but it's covered over so that if you try to read the Bible without the Holy Spirit, you're like, what? It's like, I'd rather, I'd rather eat sand. I'd rather walk on glass. It doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. It, it's just like, it's just, I don't get the point. And I've been there. I've done that. I've tried to read the Bible. think, well, you know, this is like, uh, crazy. Close that thing. But when you, when you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, when you open the Word of God, when you open your Bible, you'll find that there's things that, that, that you see in the story that you can't see in the story. You see things spiritually. Things start to, to, to make sense. They start to come into, into collaboration with life. And you start to say, I see what, what the story means. So one, one author says this, Revelation enables us to understand truths about the spiritual realm Truths, uh, truths that are hidden from us on a purely natural level. God reveals himself to us as a supernatural and all-powerful God through his own spirit, the Holy Spirit. I think that sums it up really, really powerfully. So the second point we need to, to gain guidance from God, um, to get spiritual guidance, is the Word of God or your Bible. The Word of God is, is, is amazing. Psalm 119, verse 105, a very well-known scripture says, Your Word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. We're talking about spiritually speaking here. Um, so we need to work the Word of God into our life. Um, when facing decisions or difficulty, work the Word of God into your life. Um, when, when you're in good times, you need to work the Word of God into your life. Because I, I know there's a tendency that we have as human beings is when we have the difficulty, when we have the, the, the bad time, when we have the, the challenging moments, that that's when we say, oh God, I need a word from you. I need to seek after you. I need to be in church because then you'll think I'm a good boy. Um, we'll do all that sort of stuff and seek after God. But then when everything's good, we just got a promotion. We just got unexpected money. We just got, we just got blessings coming out of blessings my wife is being so good to me and we're thinking you know what no, life is so nice life is so cruisy life is so easy and then we don't press into God in those times but I want to tell you something when when the times are good that's the time to press into God more that's a time to say Jesus I want to I want to I want to be a blessing in my blessing and and pursue the word of God in the good times and the bad times it's all the time so um yeah, just do that. Work the Word of God into your life. That, that means that, that you need to put some effort into that. That means that you're working the Word of God into your life as you, you, know, you, you want to read the Bible and get revelations because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're seeing things and you're going, oh, I see in that story that can relate right now to my life. And you work that Word into your living. The third one, the third point, and, and people are used to three-point messages are going, wow, this is going to be quick. I'm going to be home. It's time to watch whatever. The third point, now, this is just the, the you know, I'm, I'm going to muck you up. I'm going to keep going. Giving you the points first, and then I'm going to talk for a long time. <laughs> the third point of spiritual guidance is godly counsel. Now, Proverbs 15 verse 22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. Now, this only works when you have 
trust and genuine relationships in your life. Um, have mentors. You know, that, that, that's sometimes a hard thing to find and it doesn't mean that you have a, a, an official mentor who tells you everything that you need to do. Because you know, sometimes we think, oh, I need a mentor in my life. I remember one girl in a youth group when I was a youth pastor had come from another church and she had a mentor from the other church and it was like she couldn't do anything without going to the mentor first. Even though she'd moved on, uh, life circumstances changed. I'd say to her, hey, you know, it'd be really good if you could do this or that. How about you join us with this? Or I'll have to, tell my, I'll have to talk to my mentor. So that, that became a strange kind of controlling element in her life that wasn't healthy. So, but we do need to have mentors. I'll use that word loosely. We need to have somebody who, or, or some bodies uh, around us who can help us in the things of God. So we don't have to get it too complicated and say, oh, I need to find a mentor. Who's going to be my mentor? Will you be my mentor? It's, you don't have to be that official with it. You just find people. That's what church is so good. Church should be full of mentors, full of people who, who, who iron sharpens iron, it says in Proverbs, who, who help you to, to gauge whether you're on the right track or not, to help correct you, help bring discipline in your life, and help encourage you and, and bring godly perspectives into your world. That's all we're meaning by that word. So we don't have to complicate it. But um, so, so have mentors. Chosen for these things. So if you're taking notes, these are important. For their good reputation. Don't find the angriest person in the room and ask them for help. <laughs> A good reputation. Uh, godly values. Do they, do they show godly values in the way they, they live life? Are they balanced? Or are they somehow unbalanced and, and, and swing from one extreme to the other. I love the Word of God. I love the hidden things in the Word of God. Like there's a scripture that says, uh, don't, don't, uh, don't shave your head and don't let your hair grow too long. So it's like don't go from one extreme to the other. And you can't see that unless you, unless you have that revelation. Thing. Who cares about haircuts? God's telling the, the, the people of Israel, giving him the law in all those books. He says, it just, it's just sandwiched in. You would never see until one day the light of, of, of the Holy Ghost is, is speaking to me while I'm reading the Bible. And I just stumble on this little sentence that says, don't shave your head and don't let your hair grow too long. Said, what? So I look around the room. Okay, there's, a, there's some sinners here. There's some people with no, hardly no hair and there's people with hair that's too long. God's not, he's not worried too much about the haircut or the hairstyle. He's saying don't swing from one extreme to the other in life. So I'm talking about when we're looking for people around us, look for people who have a balance in their life and ignore their hairstyle, look at their lifestyle before you want those people speaking into your life. So I'm not, I'm not saying we don't love everyone. I'm not saying that we, don't, that we don't have friends and things like that. But be careful who you're looking to for guidance and help because some people, they just shouldn't be speaking into your life about stuff. So if someone doesn't have a lot of money, don't ask them for financial assistance or, or for advice, I should say. Because there's probably a reason why they don't have any. But uh, what else is there? Um, Balance. So, so that's good. Look for people who have godly values, balanced perspectives, and carry delegated authority. 
And that's a really big one, delegated authority. So someone has, there's, a, there's a, a, a recognized authority in their life that the church recognizes. Now that again, we don't want to go too big on all that because that can, can cause a, a culture of controlling and, and uh, manipulating other people. Uh, the authority that we're talking about is based in love, friendship, concern, um, uh, character building and those sorts of things. Not like, oh, I need a disciple and you're going to be it. So now we're, we're going to this conference and now we're going to do that. But, you know, no, no, no. Don't let others do that to you. you you've got to have people who you, you know love you, uh, want to protect you, want to help you, want to guide you. That's a, kind of, that's a kind of healthy relationships that we need. And that is why Jesus instituted the church because that should be the place where we find all of that in one package. And we need to, we need to decide ourselves that, hey, I want to be that kind of person for the next person. Because you're not here for you. You're not here for you. You're here for who God wants to bring along your path. When we put all those three points together, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and, uh, and, and godly counsel, we put all those things together and we put them into practice. We walk the journey with supernatural clarity. Things that seem too foggy start to become clear. Things that we thought we couldn't do become doable. Uh, uh, Direction that we thought, well, I I really have no clue what my direction should be, starts to take take shape, starts to become clear. Because things we couldn't see, we see. There's a whole lot of scriptures here if you want to do some more. Study yourself. But it's all about the... um, the Holy Spirit or, or godly guidance in our life, Psalm 16, verse 7. We're not going to read them all out, but if you want to do some further study, you can look at these yourself. Uh, Psalm 32, verse 8, Psalm 73, verse 24, and Proverbs 8, 14. They all give us um, a reference to the guidance that God wants us to live with. So, and they're all biblically, oh, sorry, they're all biblically tested, and uh, when they're used together, um, we'll have a life that is guided supernaturally and we'll see the supernatural things easily. Because I think a lot of the time our struggle as Christians is we don't see the supernatural easily. And, and, and we've got to, to discover and develop the way in which we see supernatural things easily and start to apply them to our everyday life. So... Um, they help us to, to create navigational boundaries that guide us into growing, into being fruitful, um, uh, into God's blessings and the supernatural life and the journey where God wants us to, to take. Uh, that, that's what a good church brings you. It should bring you into those kind of things. But it is concerning to me when someone is over-spiritual, I know none of you people are here like that. We don't have them here. But there, there are sometimes you, you do bump into people that are over-spiritual, but they're underdeveloped. Uh, they have a spiritual explanation for everything, um, but they're unable to negotiate life effectively. It's like, oh, they can, they can throw out scriptures at you. They can say well, everything that we do wrong in church. They know all this sort of stuff. But you think, well, how come, how come every other relationship you have is all broken down? You, you know, there's all these other breakdowns in your life and in your world. But, but you, you know... It's like an over-supernatural you know, perspectives on everything, but it's not applicable to their own daily life, to their own way of living. So my understanding, though, is that we don't always get the full picture in life. 
We don't always see the fullness of where God wants us to go. But when we search for his will, when, uh, when we live our life um, according to, to what God is revealing to us with, with the, these, these points, having the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and counsel, we see that God's plan is gradually revealed in our life. God's way is gradually shown to us so that we may not see the whole big picture all in one, all in one big hit, but it's revealed to us in portions. But, you know, the other th- fact that we have to realize, and perhaps you're here today like this, not everyone believes in God. Not everyone believes there is a God. And so there are many methods that people use to answer the question about the reason for life or answer the question of the supernatural. And the Bible's not silent about that either. Even in our modern culture, there, are, uh, there remains a curiosity to, to seek guidance from spiritual places that aren't from God. Some examples are the dark side, we'll call it. I wish I had a big, deep voice, the dark side. In Isaiah 8, verse 19 and 20, I'll read the whole lot out to you. There's just a highlight verse up there. Uh, And I like the NIV version of this as well, but I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Someone may say to you, let's ask the mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead with their whisperings and their mutterings. They will tell us what to do. But shouldn't people ask God for guidance? Should the living seek guidance from the dead? That's a good question. Should the living seek guidance from the dead? Verse 20. It says, look to God's instructions and teachings. And then it goes on. It's really important. It says, people who contradict his word are completely in the dark. Uh, Another example of of alternative uh, supernatural spiritual experiences that are not from God is found in Isaiah 19 verse 3 in relation to uh, Isaiah is speaking about Egypt. And he says, the Egyptians will lose heart and I will confuse their plans. They'll be, uh, they will plead with their idols for wisdom and call on spirits and mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead. So I'm going to explain some things to you this morning. So please don't get offended with me. But hopefully I can give you the word of God when it comes to these kind of things. So when King Saul, uh, one of the kings in the, in the Bible, so if you, I'm, I'm taking it that most of you here are familiar with the Word of God and the stories in the Bible. If you're not familiar, it's okay. Um, I'll hopefully, it, it will explain itself. King Saul was a king in the Bible. And when he got desperate, he abandoned God. Um, and he went to the dark side. And it says he, he went to see a medium. And uh, it was a woman and, and she, conjured up a, uh, she conjured up spirits of dead people. Uh, for guidance and it cost him his life it's a, if you want to read the story it's in 1 Samuel chapter 28 but I have a question for you because you might be thinking Ooh, this is a bit strange but is it possible to conjure the spirits of the dead now I'm giving you a biblical perspective and biblical balance because I don't know what you may think or believe the answer is no you can't scripture condemns the practice 
uh, you know, there's a whole lot of verses. Levit- Leviticus 19:31, Leviticus 9, uh, 20 verse 6, uh, 20 verse 27, and and chapter 18 verse 19 of Leviticus. God's giving the law to to Moses, and He says you cannot do these things. So when a medium or anyone conjures a spirit, it is a deceptive spirit. It's an evil spirit, a demon. They are agents of Satan, and their guidance is deception and distortion of truth. Now, there may be facts that authenticate what they communicate, but the root is evil. So an evil spirit lives on a different planet, a different realm from us, a different level. So, of course, they may know details of your family backgrounds. They may know details of this. Oh, there's a blonde woman. There was, a, there was something. And you go, yes, yes, that's right. And the spirit's going, yeah, yeah, I know, because I know, I know the grandma was blonde, remember? Because the demons are talking together. Say that, say that, Remember? 1924. And, and you, you're like, yes, yes. It must be her. No, no, it's not. It's a deceptive spirit that has, that has information, but, it's not, but it's, it's not from God. They can authenticate, they can authenticate uh, uh, things, but what the, spirit, the, the evil spirits can't do is project the future. They can't project the prophecies from God over your life because they can't see that far. They're, they're limited beings just like we are. But there is a source of supernatural guidance that I want to encourage you to seek after that comes from God and then, then we can accept and we can be part of and it can help us guide our way through. We don't have to conjure up spirits of the dead. We don't have to go looking in, in strange places. We don't have to go looking at tea leaves or, or chickens' livers or anything else like that. We need to pursue after the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. Get godly counsel and I'll tell you something, you'll find yourself moving on a trajectory closer and closer to the purposes and the plans of God for your life. You'll find freedom, you'll find purpose, you'll find strength, you'll find guidance and that's where God wants you to live. Isaiah 30 verse 21. I love this this scripture. It says, your own ears will hear him. That's the important part of this verse right now. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Now, I want you to understand this today and to to go home with this, to take this home with you. Your own ears will hear. Why don't we just, everyone, just touch your ear somehow. If you're really good, touch it with your toe. Just just because you can't. Your own ears will hear him. You know something that's so amazing about God? We might think, but I'm not close to God. I'm not smart enough. I hardly know anything about anything. And I get things wrong so often. But you know what God's saying to you this morning? Your ears are going to hear. Your ears can hear. God wants to open your ears to spiritual things, to supernatural things, to amazing things that that, other people may not see or understand. But God wants you to hear let your ears hear today. So again, you know, I've, I've got to make reference to that, to that comment where people will say, but God told me so. You know, that's okay. I'm not going to argue that because the word says that God will speak to you. But when you start to sense that God's speaking to you, you say, Holy Spirit, is this you? Or is it just something coming out of my own imagination? Then you say, does this, what you're telling me, line up with the word of God? 
Is it in contradiction to the Word of God? And then you say, I need to have some people around me and people who I trust, people who love me, people who will tell me the truth and I can say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. What, what do you think? And that way you'll find yourself in a, in a safe place, a good place, a place of strength and a, and a place of safety that will help you to grow into the supernatural being that God wants you to be. So I'm going to give you one last thought. It's a... Uh, found in Acts chapter 9 verses 3 to 6 now before uh, I read it out to you I'll give you some background it's, a, it's about Saul I talked about King Saul before this is another man called Saul in the Bible and his his mission was to wreck the church his mission was to kill Christians break open church wherever he could find churches that were the, this early thing that was happening where the church was first birthed when Jesus was was raised from the dead and he left the disciples they go into all the world and make disciples and and Paul opposed the church he hated the church and he goes on a mission but often we have questions for ourselves sometimes we think well God who am I Moses had the same question when God called him he said who am I choose someone else Sometimes we have questions that we, that we can, can be directing to God in our own way. Um, what is my purpose? Why am I here? Sometimes we're saying to God, well, what do you want me to do, God? You show me what you want me to do. We're asking these kind of questions all the time. And we're asking and we're seeking all about ourselves or our, ourselves. I don't know if that was good English, but I'll read the story his Saul, Acts chapter 9 verse 3 to 6 as he neared Damascus on his journey, he's going to Damascus he wants to round up any believers in Jesus he can find he's going to put him in jail, he's going to beat him up he's going to get some killed, he's going to get some condemned to death, he's going to, he's, that's his mission, he's going to go and wreck the church, so anyway he's on that, on that journey, on his way suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him And he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Here's the question. He says, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Verse 6 is a key. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Now I want to put something to you this morning that is kind of random, but I think it's powerful for us today. If we can adjust our ask to who are you, Lord? Adjust your ask in life beyond, well, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Shall I go this way? Shall I go that way? Should I take this job or should I not take this job? Should I marry that girl or should I not marry that girl? Um, uh, What do you want me to do, God? And we adjust our question to just this. Who are you, Lord? close your eyes right now some of you may be thinking oh, this is a bit, bit a bit over there a bit out there who are you Lord who are you Lord if we can adjust our ask this morning God who are you because I'm telling you 
something supernatural changes in our perspectives, in our, in our uh, understanding. If we just adjust our ask to God, who are you? It starts the journey uh, of, of guidance in our lives into the supernatural because we take the, the, the purpose of ourselves. We t- take the questions of ourselves to God, who are you? And when we start asking that and we start to put God in the right place of, of lordship in our life, then all those other questions don't seem to have any purpose asking anymore. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? Start the journey guided into the supernatural life this morning. Whoever you are, whatever your experience. The sad reality is that it's got nothing to do with how long we've gone to church. No matter how many years it's been since we made a decision or a choice to say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I know a great many people struggle with the, the, the concept of being guided by God struggle with the concept of knowing what God wants for their life and as I made it just clear right now adjust your ask and maybe this morning you need to say Jesus who are you because you've been swinging the bat from the wrong end you've been trying to seek for the answers but asking the wrong question and when Jesus gets that place then everything else starts to fall in its right place so this morning where there's been uncertainty uh, sorry uncertainty in your life you can have clarity so you might be thinking oh, I'm uncertain I'm just not sure you can have certainty today you can have clarity today where you've had confusion instead of peace you you can say God I, 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 I can leave church today having peace for what your plans are I'm going to give myself to those plans. Enter a new supernatural this morning, clear, straight, and sure in the things of God. And if you need someone to stand with you this morning to encourage you, uh, to, to just pray with you, then I'm going to ask you to come. The musicians are going to sing for us. And, and, and as they do, I want you to come. I want you to respond this morning to say, Jesus, I need to step into the supernatural. I need to I need to allow myself to go somewhere with you, somewhere that you want to take me. And when you when you uh, um, surrender yourself to that, surrender yourself to with that question, who are you, Lord? You're saying, I want to know you, and I want to know the power. Of your, of your guidance in my life. And I'd love to pray with you this morning if that's you as we worship for a little bit more. If we can just take a few moments and the team will come, the, the ministry team will come and pray with you and stand alongside you and encourage you. Perhaps have a word to, to uh, bless you this morning. But why don't we come? I just want to invite you to come right now while uh, the, the Spirit is moving and just ask that um, the factors that we talked about this morning may become clear, may get sealed into your own spirit, into your own heart this morning and let the guidance of the supernatural be part of your future. And I just uh, know that something's going to change in people's lives this morning. So why don't you come on down?